Welcome to another edition of the Basketball Teacher Podcast. Our mission is to bring you discussions on a wide array of topics in the coaching world to grow players on and off the court. You can connect with us on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, and also reach us directly through email at basketballteacherpodcast at gmail.com. Now, here's your host, Coach Mike Hernandez. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you guys so much for joining us here for another episode, wherever in the world you are listening to us from, whatever platform you guys are listening to us on. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for the support. Thanks for the kind messages, the emails, all that great stuff that you guys have left uh, me personally or left the show. I read them all. They're all really appreciated and really excited to be bringing this one to you guys today. Uh, this is something that I've talked a lot about with coaches and, and, you know, my coaching circle and I've seen on social media other coaches have brought up before. And that's the fact that even though basketball season in, in some cases seems like it's really long and it never ends, but at the same time, we, we never have enough time to get through all the things that we want to. And I know that there's a lot of conversation that, that, that always takes place about maximizing time, making the most out of, you know, every day, every practice, every situation, and just making sure at the end of the day that we're getting the most that we can out of that day. And and I thought that this was a real great topic to bring up and discuss and talk about, you know, time management and, and ways to make sure that, you know, our guys or girls are getting extra work in and, and, and skills and things we can do that, that will maximize, you know, the time that we got with our players. And, and like I said, really feel like we, we get the most out of e each day when, when we get to work with our guys or girls. So that, that's what we're bringing here today. Really excited to get going on this topic. Uh, my guest has, has wears a lot of different hats in the basketball coaching world, uh, PGC basketball instructor, player development coach, assistant varsity coach at the Grange High School. So so he's doing a lot in the, in the basketball coaching circles. Real happy to be joined by Coach Reginald Brooks today. Coach, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? We're doing all right. We're doing all right. Right in the thick of everything with basketball. I mean, basketball season, you know, it never ends, but we're really, really here in the winter uh, being busy and, and, and loving every minute of it, coach. So really excited to to get your thoughts and perspectives on this. So let's go ahead and just jump right in with your your coaching journey, your basketball journey. I know I know you're busy and you, you do a lot of different things in, in the coaching world right now. So what was what's kind of been your journey as you got to all those stops that you're currently at right now? Okay, so um, like right now, I'm currently coaching at my old high school. Um, I'm a PGC basket instructor, and I do skill development, and I coach a rec league team as well. So I'm just I can wear a lot of hats. But um, it started off with me um playing basketball. I started playing basketball when I was like around 12 years old, and then that progressed to me just never having somebody to work on my skills with me. So most of the times I would just go and work on stuff by myself. Um, as I got older um, in high school, I was like under recruited, didn't didn't get an offer until I graduated from high school. On my graduation day, I picked up an offer to a JUCO. That was the only um, offer I had. I went to that JUCO. Um, I progressed, got better, spent my time at that JUCO for two years, and then Another time, like, I didn't think I was going to go and progress on and move to the next level, and I ended up signing D2 late in July of um, 2010, and I ended up going to a D2 school up in New York. I played there for two years, finished up, got my degree, and then I was just working. Um, I, worked at a, I worked in a factory for two years, and then I got an opportunity to go play basketball in El Salvador. So I took that took that opportunity, and I was there for a year, and then I came back home. And after that year, I, my high school coach that coached me in ninth grade, he got the head varsity job at my old high school, and then he asked me would I come and help him coach. So I've been coaching ever since then. So uh, let me ask you about what it what was it that you were working on when when you were in high school? You said you were on your own. You didn't really have a lot of skill trainers or people that were working with you, and you were kind of figuring it out as you went. So let me let me ask you what what was it that you were working on, kind of by yourself? Because 
uh, cl clearly whatever it was you were doing helped open up some doors for you after high school. So what kind of stuff did, did you, did you work on and kind of like, how did you develop your own kind of like personal, like training plan for yourself? Okay. So when I was in high school, I, the only thing I really did was went to go and play. Like I just went and played every single day in high school. I didn't really do ball handling skill drills or any of that stuff until my first year of college. Um, all throughout high school, I never did skill development. I just played a lot. And like, I think that really helped with my basketball IQ. Like I developed a really good basketball IQ by just going to go play pickup. Um, I started when I, my freshman year of college, um, when I was in junior college, I, I started to develop a routine. I looked at better basketball, um, mm -hmm. better basketball ball handling. Cause that was something that I was always interested in and in learning about. Like I just wanted to learn how to be a better ball handler. And I just, I went to better basketball, looked up their stuff and I created my own workout. Like I, they had like the sections broken down and yeah. I created my own workout with that. Well, so I started to see results. So that made me to be like more of a sponge. And I started to just look up stuff. So whatever I looked up, I would go and try it and I would go work on it. Um, one of the best things I think happened for me was our coach um, when I was in JUCO, he changed me from a 5-4 a, um, to a 4-3. So I was playing like the three and the four and our offense turned into a four out one in type of mm -hmm. offense, which allowed me to read and react a whole lot better. And that summer going with him changing the offense and that summer – I just develop a routine where I would lift in the morning time. And I, I went to, we had like a rec center and I've been playing at a rec center for like, since I was like in fifth grade. So I would go there and in the morning time, I developed a routine of just lifting. I would lift from 10 to 11 and then from 11 to 1230, I used to do, I had a set of drills that I would do and I would do them every day from Monday through Friday. And it, it was basically stationary ball handling. And then I would do stuff on the move with um with like movement. So I would do stationary ball, ball handling, then movement shooting. And then I would go and I would do like one-on-one -on -one stuff. So like ISO stuff of mm -hmm. like, I may start at the top of the key, dribble down in and out and go into a layup or a pull-up and then I would come down and combo move it. So that was, that started to be my workout. Well, then I met a guy who he played in the, he told me he played in the G league and he played at Wichita state. And he had yeah. me doing a lot of, a lot of off ball screen work, like playing out of floppy, a lot of work playing out of floppy. Like I learned, I really, really learned how to play without the basketball by yeah. just working out with him over the summers. And one major thing that helped me was I got a um a medicine ball and I would do ball handling with the medicine ball. Oh yeah. And I didn't know okay. like I just was doing a lot of trial and error. Like I really didn't know what to do. And I started to just experiment. And then I started to figure out, all right, this this works. This helps me a lot. And that's got that's how I kind of developed. And like over that year, I got so much better. Like just by sticking to that same routine of going and doing stationary ball handling, getting up shots, and then movement shooting. And I think that that's like something that's that's kind of interesting when we think about a lot of our players who, you know, they have skills trainers that they work with or or coaches that they work with specifically for for player development, like like yourself, and how that is obviously really beneficial and, and really benefits a lot of, a lot of guys and girls to have, you know, coaches like that who can work with them one-on-one. -on -one. But I think kind of to your point there, it's also probably really helpful for players to kind of seek out and, and look at, you know, di different, you know, drills or different things they can do and kind of like figure out what works for them. Like kind of that process of like self-discovery, whereas, you know, Maybe a lot of our guys and girls are all always used to, you know, just kind of being told exactly what drills or what things to do. But I think that process of self-discovery and, and, you know, figure out what works and what, you know, they're benefiting from um, also has a lot of merit and, and could be really valuable, too. Absolutely. I completely agree.
so that segues into you being a player development coach. So, so you're working in, in that aspect right now. So when you're working with, with players and you're looking to kind of get them, you know, improve and get them to, to that next level uh, from where they are to where, where they can be, what sort of aspects of player development do you work on or do you think are most important to kind of help somebody become that, that good or great player? So, um, it just depends on, for me, it depends on like a, a certain aspect of the player, like what do they do good? So I, I kind of find their strengths first. And I feel like you gotta, you gotta be able to do what happens most in basketball. And I would say that footwork is, is like the number one thing, like rips, jabs, and pivots. Like I think those happen the most in, in basketball, rips, jabs, and pivots. Like, Somebody's going to get downhill. Somebody's going to kick it. You're going to have to rip and you're going to have to rip and try to get downhill. Or you're coming off of a ball screen. You get downhill. This guy collapsed. And then you still have to, like, if you kick it, another guy is going to have to rip and go. And I feel like everybody's not going to have the ball in their hands like 24 7. But I feel like when you do catch the ball, you're going to be in a situation where you're going to have to, like, either catch, rip, and pivot, or catch and shoot, or make that read. So for my lower-level players right now, that's something that we work on daily is I got like a footwork workout that I do with them where it's jab steps, rip-throughs, pivots, and just being strong with the ball and making making reads out of once you get strong with the ball. So I think like basically footwork, jabs, rips, pivots, and shooting, those are the things that I really think are very important. Um, that's for my lower level players. Mm -hmm. That's like my ninth grade, my eighth graders that I work out with skill development, my elementary school kids. My college kids, I only work, I work on them with like a specific skill. So I work with the kid now, um, he's in JUCO. He's, he's committed to Grambling State. Um, oh, okay. And with us, we, we work like on a lot of pick and roll reads, like making the right read, making it on time, making it, making sure that you're reading the pick and roll the correct way. Um, and we get a lot of shots out of, out of the pick and roll. So um, with him, he's a, he's a lefty. Uh, he, he can shoot, he can shoot the three pretty well. Um, but his mid range game is, is a part of the game that he wanted to add. So this summer, we worked a lot of him coming off of pick and rolls, getting downhill and just pulling up for the for the mid range, um, getting down, getting downhill, pulling up for the mid range, uh, rejecting the screen, pulling up for a mid range, coming off, snaking the screen, pulling up for a mid range, like a lot of that work. And then. We worked a lot of just him him making pick and roll passes. So we would say like um we'll have a guy in the opposite corner and we would have a guy in the help side and we would make him come off of the screen and he would have to read the the not the primary defender, but the the guy that was in the help side and kind of pull yeah. that defender. Kind of work we worked a lot on that, just him pulling defenders and just making the read fast and on time and on target so making that pass so those were the things that we worked on with him it's, I guess it just varies pretty yeah. much it sounds like you really you know you really take the time to get to know your guys you're working with and know kind of what they're at what they're what they want to work on and also right probably like what what the system they're going to be in or, or what they're yeah. going to you know be seeing a lot of right yeah most definitely most mm -hmm. definitely so as we kind of get into this concept of, of, of something you're passionate about about getting the most out of each day so at the at the high school level, you know that that's one of the areas that that, that you're working at right now. You know, you, you work at the high school level, and you know, time management um, is is kind of difficult for players. You know, trying trying to work with guys and trying to make sure that they know how they're managing their time, how they're getting the most kind of kind of out of each day. So, I want to ask you about what what do you kind of teach your guys or, or coach with your guys about how they can be managing their time and making the most out of each day? Because I know that that's something that you definitely were doing when, when you were playing. So how do you kind of communicate that and kind of teach that to your guys that you work with now? So um, right now, like when I work with my guys, 
in that aspect, it's a lot of just teaching right now, just teaching them to have good habits. So um, before practice starts, like I could go through a typical day. So um, yeah. I have, I wake up at like 6 a.m. and I get to the gym at 6.30 in the morning. So we go, we do skill work from 6.30 to 7.30. So we, we already get one hour of skill work in each day. Um, 30 minutes, I break it into like 30, I think I break it into like 30 minute segments. And then I break those segments into like 10 minute segments. And it depends, it could be 10 minutes or it could be 15 minutes. Um, so like the first half would be, we would work only on a particular skill, like with my bigs, like I, when I work with my bigs, I, I also alternate the day. So it would be guards one day, bigs one day, guards one day, bigs one day. And like for our bigs, well, we have to go against the two, three zones sometimes. So I work a lot of high, low stuff with them, like without the ball. Just them moving, getting in the getting in the groove of moving here and there, and then I would do stuff with the ball. So it would be like fifteen minutes without the ball, just getting good movement in, and then it'll be fifteen minutes with the ball. So it'll be, I may have a guy flash high post, and then hit the hit the guy low, just making that pick, just making that high low pass. Then I'll get them to do some short corner, like short corner feeds. Where they where they catch it at the short corner and feed it to the guy diving, then I would have them do catching it at the short corner, shooting that that little mid range jumper right there, and then it'll be just just progressing out of that. I do a lot of like progressions with it. Um, yeah, so I then, build on it layers. Yeah, so then once that happens, then I would put it make it live. So like for the last thirty minutes. It'll be broken down into like 10 minute segments where we may play live from the high post. Then we may play live from the low flow, from the low like porch area. And then like, so we would get like a full, full like hour of just skill development. And then if I had my guards in, we would get up, we would do first half would be just shooting. Just, we have a gun. So we would get guys on the gun and just getting up shots. And the second 30 minutes, 30 minutes would be broken down into pick and roll reads. Cause with our offense, we do a lot, we do a lot of pick and rolls, a lot of handoffs. So it's a lot of a lot of dribble handoffs, a lot of pick and rolls. So just making them make the right reads and pick and roll. I usually have like three guys, and sometimes I bring my post so we can have a screener, a good screener. But we'll we'll play a lot of three on three in the morning times. That way once we get to practice. So that's before school. Then once practice, we we start practice at around 345. Mm -hmm. So I I have um a group chat with my players and I, I divide it into like bigs, guards, and wings. So I each of them have their own separate group chat and I would send them the workout, the pre-practice workout to them before like school starts so they'll have an idea of what we're going to do before yeah. we even touch the court so they usually get to the gym at 3 45 and as soon as they come in they go straight into like it's no wasting time you as soon as you come in the gym you get started some of my kids they get there at, at like soon as the bell ring they come <laughs> running in there yeah. yeah they run in there so they they already getting up like extra work i send the workout for each individual group and I make them do it themselves. So they have to govern themselves. And like some kids, they would take their phone with them and they would do ball handling, but they'll have like their timer. So they'll have their timer that they use and they would just do like stationary ball handling for like 15, for like 15 seconds each drill. And then they would go into ball handling or pick and roll reads or shooting. Like I, I try to get a good 15 minutes of three three different concepts. And we do that every day. Like so to start off practice, they'll get 15 minutes just from 345 to four. And then another 15 minutes of just self-exploration, like stuff that they want to work on. That way we get we've used because we usually go from like four, well, we go typically practice is four to six. 
Um, But they get there early so they can get the skill work in before practice. And 415 is when we really start practice. So they've gotten 30 minutes of skill work in before practice even starts. And then we just flow into practice. And then they're warm. They're warmed up. They're ready to rock and roll. So that's how I typically do practice to begin. Then we go into, like, pretty much what we need to run, like our plays, our um, press break, or that type of stuff, like, as practice go on from after 415. Like, like the kids, they kind of know when 415 hits because they all, like, each one of them would have a phone, and they would just kind of know, like, after they get to, like, a certain drill that they're on, they'll know, like, it's almost 415. So then they'll start making their way to the baseline and then we'll start practice. Are you, is there a way that you're, you're kind of measuring it? Like the, their progress as they're working on their skills, or, or do they have goals that they're kind of setting themselves or are there a way for them to like track, you know, their shots or, you know, kind of track or monitor their, their, their ball handling or improvement? How, how do they kind of know how, if they're making, you know, no progress as, as the days and weeks and as the season's going on? So we we track everything. Um, mm-hmm. I learned that at PGC this over the over like a couple of sessions. Um, to track everything. So when we do shots, we do out of ten. So we got like one um one group that they'll work on like curl shots. They'll do curl shots. They'll do sprinting two shots. They'll do sliding two shots. They'll do exit cuts. And then they'll do just stationary, just catch and shoot. So um, they have to, it's a out of 10. So each drill is out of 10. Mm-hmm. And they'll do, they have to get at least seven out of 10. If they don't get seven out of, they track it. And it's like, they got like an actual tracker that I that I give them. I, I pretty much stole a lot of, lot of my stuff from PGC. Um, they got like a shot tracker that they use. Yeah. And, with that shot tracker, they take that shot tracker and then they can just see their results. Like, okay, I didn't shoot it well with curl shots or I didn't shoot it well with these type of shots. For ball handling, I measure it by the amount of dribbles you get within a like a 30 second time window. So I would tell them like if we it just depends on what type of dribble we're doing. Like I like to make them work on pockets, um, and just a lot of ball manipulation. So if they do pocket dribbles, I'll say they have to get like maybe like 25 in a minute. Well, 25 in 30 seconds. That way they can they can track it. And if they don't get that 25, they'll know, okay, I'm not going fast enough. I'm not going hard enough. Hmm. Um, same with like just combos. Like I just set a, a certain amount that they need to get in that time frame. And if they don't get it in that time frame, they know it's like consequences. So they'll oh, okay. automatically do like, 25, they'll get, like, if they don't get the 25, they'll do, like, five push-ups. So they'll know, like, it's a it's a consequence to it, and they'll be able to track it. How big of a change was was this from what they were doing before? I, I, I guess I'm, I'm curious because I'm, I'm sure some people listening are fun, wondering, like, man, like, was that easy for, for the guys to buy into it? Was that a big shift from what they were doing before? Because, that, I mean, that's a, that's a lot of commitment. That's a lot of um, – dedication and that's that that might be depending on what it was like before may may have been a big shift from what they were doing before was that the case or was there similar things in place before you got there or or was it kind of all new to them this this process so um this is with my jv group so last year they didn't do it at all because i I didn't coach jv last Mm -hmm. year i just only did skill development for our program but this year we needed a jv coach so i just hopped in and been doing jv um but they didn't do it last year and it took like the summer to like we started doing it over the summer and then we progressed into this year we like so in georgia you can only do one coach to four kids in Mm, the okay yeah so you only get one coach per four kids so in the preseason we would it, it, it was, like, hard to just get them to buy into it. But, like, it was, it's been a process. Just, yeah. just literally, it's been a, it's been a process. But it's finally, like, it's all clicking now because it's, like, they weren't, they weren't good at it at first. Like, they really sucked at it, to, to be honest. It was, it was hard for them to 
get bought in. And the more and more, I think it was like, I had one kid who he started to see himself getting better and like he wanted to do it more. So then he started to really, really want to do it more and more. And then like other kids like, dang, he's getting better. Like, and they started to be like, well, he's been. He's Only been takes one sometimes. <laughs> yeah, like he's been working with coach. So then now they're progressing to, now I got kids calling me all the time. Like, let's get in the gym, coach. Let's get in the gym. And it was just being more disciplined with our kids. Like, I think last year they, they had like a lot of leniency where they didn't have anyone who would who would get in the gym with them early morning or they didn't have anyone who would like push them to manage their time better. Mm. And so what was it just was there a conversation that needed to be had with those players about, you know, how how to, how to manage their time and how to how to make sure that, you know, they understood where their priorities were supposed to be or what it what it meant for them to get better at basketball time wise? Or is it a situation where they, they sort of figured it out once they saw like the, the, the results start to happen? So, um. I kind of, coach. I really kind of didn't give them a choice this there year. There you go. That, that'll do like, it. <laughs> like, it was like you got to be here, or we moving on type of deal. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's natural, natural consequence sort of thing, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um. We this year, like this was the first year that we actually like did it throughout the whole program. Like yeah. we did like one in four, like one one coach per four kids. And we actually had like a lot of coaches in the gym and we did it the whole preseason. And we also played fall league this year. So like for varsity, we would come in and we would go one to four. We got like, like five or six coaches on our staff. Mm -hmm. So each, each kid started to develop the habit of working on their game, like and managing their time well. And so that just progressed into we would do varsity on one day and then we would do JV in ninth grade on one day, where in the past we only used to just do varsity. We kind of knew the kids this year who were yeah. going to be on JV. We kind of knew the kids who were going to be good freshmen. And we kind of just already knew. So we just grabbed those kids once, the seat, once school started. And just after school every day, we were doing workouts. And that kind of progressed into how we run workouts now. And pre, like those 30 minutes before practice, that that was a lot of stuff that we did preseason that just carries on into our season. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's one of the best ways maybe to go about it is just by, like, if it, it just becomes the expectation where, and it sounds like to me, it's not necessarily even framed as like putting in like extra work or anything like it's just like putting in your work like this is just yeah. like what's expected of you right yeah and it and it it helps the kids because it it actually is extra but they don't look at it like that so yeah now it's like this is mandatory of me yeah, they're, like, they're yeah. gonna be there in the morning right like that's yeah. just what it, what it is because you know i mean and, and i think the other it, it also just probably lends itself just fine because they know that if they're not there for whatever reason, probably everybody else is, right? So the consequence yeah. is everyone else is getting better and, and, and that's going to have an effect on them if they, they're not able to be there. Yeah. And don't make it a priority. I kind of make them want to be there too. Sure. So like morning. How's that work? I, um, so basically I have like, I have like cereal bars for them, um, like breakfast for them, like, like maybe like a, a granola bar or like some orange juice for them. Um, have music. They love music, so I play oh, yeah. music. We got like a new facility um, like two years ago. So we got like a Bluetooth and audio and it like blasting through the speakers early in the morning. So the energy, just bringing that energy to the kids, they kind of like want to be there. And I think that, you know, it's it's important as, as coaches, especially if we're working on, you know, high school levels in particular, you know, we it's we are asking a lot out of them to be to be getting there, you know, yeah. that early. Like it's a it's a commitment that, you know, a lot of people their age are not making and a lot of a lot of their peers and friends group aren't making. So the more we can do to make it, you know, something that it's getting a lot of work in, like you said, but it but it's something that's still like it, 
exciting it's high energy you know like you said you bring some bring some granola in them for bring bring a little bit of food for them too like make it a make it a good positive experience along with you know all, all the hard work that they're doing and and i think that 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 really that really keeps them going especially like you said that music coach i mean they those, those kids I mean, you can put a little music in that gym and it's like they're they're in heaven i feel like a lot, a lot of my girls yeah. are at least that way so no that no that's awesome so what are you telling your guys um, about off the court when you're not there? Are are you? Because I mean, like 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 we talked about, you you developed your plan and and we're doing your work in on on your own and and through trial and error and and figuring out what what worked for you. What conversations are you having with your guys about what they need to be doing when when you're not there with them and when they're on their own? Um. So each of my guys, they kind of some of them know their weaknesses. Um, some of them don't and then like what we what I did over the summer it took a lot of work um I did like a spot analysis with the kids um yeah. so kind of just find strengths and weaknesses and and those things and then we kind of I created a sheet for one like a couple of my players I created a sheet for them um of of, of like absolutes of things that they need like things that they need at at the level at the next level Cause we got like some of my varsity kids, they gonna go on and play in college, like um, and they needed to develop like a a routine of things to do without coach being there. And what what we did was we kind of created, helped them create their own workouts. Oh, um, nice. yeah. Where it's like you do um, you pretty much do like a. After you do the squad analysis, you ask them what they want to like work on. So I got like our point guard this year. He's a tenth grader. He's um he's getting he moved up from playing so only ninth grade last year to now he's getting like he's he's like our sixth man for varsity at point guard. Um and he he struggled with catch and shoot threes. Um so me and him, I talked to him, I said I said, you got to be able to shoot, catch, and shoot threes, and you got to be able to play without the ball. Um, so we developed the plan. I told him, I said, if you look at it like this, I said, if you focus on one thing for six months, you'll become extremely better at it than working on tons of things for like a month. A month you work on a ton of things, another month you ain't really getting better at that one single thing. So for him, I told him, I said, for – I said, we, we won't have a six-month window for you for this. I said, but we'll do three months. Mm. I said, three months of just catch and shoot threes and movement shooting. So with, with me and him, I got it set up to where he comes in in the morning time and he goes, he gets on the gun and he shoots by himself. So it'll be on like, he'll start off. Sometimes he comes in, he comes in at like seven, seven o'clock. And he goes and he gets like most on the days when we have when I have like my bigs workouts, I'll let him go on the other end and he'll be on the gun by himself. And he'll get like he probably can get up like 500 shots within that 30 minute time window. Yeah. Of just all catch and shoot. So with him, that's the only thing we're focusing on for three months. And I told we started and we started in. October and mm -hmm. like so it's October, November, December now. So in January, we'll we'll go into more of just movement shooting with him playing off the ball. That way he'll still progress during the season. And that way once the summer come, he'll have catch and shoot down and he'll have movement shooting down. But but I think that that's um a good point that, that you mentioned earlier about, you know, really focusing on, on one thing, because I think without that guidance or without players, you know, having that awareness, they'll, 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 they'll probably, like you said, right. They'll want to try and get better at everything. And then by doing that, they're not going to get better at anything. And then they'll probably either end up getting discouraged or, or they'll feel like, you know, they, they, it's a waste of time or they're not getting anywhere. And I think that, you know, just just focusing on one thing in particular is is just something that it's it's manageable probably for a lot of guys, and it's something that like I'd imagine would just like keep them focused because they know like that's their thing that they're really working on and and making their their goal. Yeah, 
I kind of got it from Gilbert Arenas. So he <laughs> he kind of was saying like he was talking to somebody. Um, I, I watched one of his podcasts and he was just saying like people, kids in the NBA, he said they should just focus on one thing over the summer and just get like really, really good at that. He said he would ask them like how many years you want to play in the league and they'll say like 10, 12. He said, well, just work on one thing and master one thing over the summer. And then the next summer, work on something else. And then the next summer, work on something else. He said, that way you've micro, like you you really, really focus on that one thing and you can see a significant difference in it. And like by the time, like you go five years and you do that for five years, now you have become like a more complete player. Hmm. I just focusing on that one thing for that whole time. Like you, it's going to be like a staple. Well, I so, think that I, I was just thinking too, for, for like, if you got guys who are girls who are in high school right now and they're, they're looking to go, uh, you know, play at the next level and maybe they're being recruited and, you know, pe people are looking for coaches, you know, in some cases are looking for particular players who have a, you know, particular skill set or, or fill a particular role or have a particular, you know, spot for a specific type of player. And, you know, if, if that, you know, coach or whatever, for example, you know, is really looking for guys who, who got that ability, you know, to move off the ball, catch and shoot, create their own shot. And, they that you a coach could say like hey this guy's been working on you know that skill and that's what they've been devoting a lot of time to and I think that that helps those conversations go a lot better where players can you know really speak on and, and advocate for the skill set that they bring and, and could potentially bring to a future team absolutely we had, we actually had a guy like that this summer like mm -hmm. um our starting point guard he played the two um last year because we had another guard well he um with him like we lost our, we had a four-year starter last year and he graduated. So our our point guard now played the two last year with him. And then once he graduated, we needed a point guard. So our two guard, like the whole summer, he just worked on playmaking. Yeah. Like when we were in the games, he worked on playmaking. And I had, it, it was one game where <laughs> I was like, oh, I said, dude, like, you can you can shoot the ball too, you know. <laughs> like he was like, coach, but you told me to work on playmaking. Like, and we, I had to be like, I had to say like, uh, you know, playmaking is more than just passing the ball, right? And he was like, and I had to explain, I had to have that conversation with him, and then it started to all click for him. He actually had a really really good summer, mm -hmm. where with making play making reads. And scoring. So he was able to balance out scoring and playmaking. He getting, he's starting to get, like, a lot of interest right now because he's, like, super athletic, but he can shoot and he can playmate. And he can, he's he's good in pick and roll. So he's starting to – he's, like, 6'2". So he's starting to get, like, recruited by a couple of D2s, recruited by a couple of – like, he, he told me he wanted to just go play basketball. He said he didn't matter what division. So that's kind of making it easy on me being able to try to get him recruited. But um I think he can play. I think he has the ability to play high high D2. If he keeps working, I think he could he could possibly be a D1 player. But it's just going to take him to just keep working at his craft. Like I think it would probably take like a maybe a year or two and he probably could be like a division 1 player to be honest. Mm -hmm. And so yeah, I mean like like we like we were saying like it's good to have that like skill set that you're putting the time in because then it's like hey like i know this guy or this girl can do this because this is what they're working on so if this is what your you know your program needs i you know you can vouch for him by saying oh yeah like, he's been putting in a whole summer and putting all this time on it and then uh you know it, it'll show up on game film and everything so no that's that no that's great um let me ask you about you know skills that you think are the most beneficial uh, i'll just put in general so you know you, you can talk about your guys of course but I'm, I'm just thinking like in a general sense are there any skills as we think about you know getting the most out of each day that you think are would be the most beneficial for guys to be working on in order to make sure they're making the most of their time and then uh, kind of on the other end of that do you, are there any things that you think guys are, are, are working on that might be inefficient or take too much time and aren't, and aren't really that valuable yeah, um, number one is shooting for me. I think that's the most valuable skill. Like, I, I feel like everyone should 
like everyone needs to be able to shoot. Um, I think that's something that you you should you should do daily is get up shots. I think something that that's overlooked is reads, making the right read, making stuff on time and on target. Um, knowing knowing how to think the game. Um, reads like speeding up the process, processing time. I think those are things that need to be worked on most. I think the thing that's worked on the most that doesn't need to be that wastes too much time is ball handling. Like, I think people spend way too much time on ball handling. I think, um, like, as far as, like, combo dribbles and uh, <laughs> those things, I think, like, with ball handling, like, if you're doing combo dribbles the whole time, I, I don't really feel like you're getting a lot better. I feel like if you're working on change pace, change direction, I feel like that's more that's a more efficient way to work on ball handling. And it, I think that translates better to the game. Um, but I think like people who do like a lot of ball handling drills or that those type of things, I think they spend too much time on dribbling drills. They they look nice though, don't they? <laughs> so some of them look real nice, right? But yeah, shoot. I mean, shooting. I mean, it's shoot. I mean, at this point, it's like every year we say it, don't we? I feel like every single year, and it gets more true. Like everyone on the floor needs to be able to shoot the ball, right? Yes. <laughs> they, they all got to have that skill. Um, do you have? Have do you have situations, or have you ever encountered like guys you think have like been using their time like inefficiently or not using it like the right way? Do you have you ever had to have those conversations with your guys, or 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 is, is your stuff kind of like? so structured at this point that like your, your guys don't have any, any time that they, they can be, you know, being inefficient. I I got a couple of guys who, who they, they work <laughs> on the wrong things. Like it's one kid now, I'm not going to mention his name, but he works on the wrong things. Like mm -hmm. we've told him time and time again, like your role is to be the shooter. Like you can shoot, like shoot the ball. That's what you need to be working on. You need to work on getting your shot off faster having your feet set quicker, getting into getting your shot off it off the move faster. Um, like just a lot of that stuff. And he works on ball handling and three dribble combos and those type of things. And we like, dude, that's not your role on our team. Like also that's not something that you're gonna be doing on our team. Like, and I've been telling him this and like his playing time is he's like taking a hit in his playing time right now because He's not buying into what we're telling him. Like, and if he, like I told him, I said, dude, you should be hunting threes in the game. Like, you should be hunting open threes. Like, finding finding ways to get open threes. And he does the opposite. Like, so it's like his playing time is like, he's taking a, he's taking lumps with playing time. And I don't know, like, if he's going to get it because he's a senior. And I, it's just one of those situations like where we've had the conversation with him time and time again. And he just like, I've seen him in the gym. And if I tell him to work on shooting, he goes like at a slow pace or it's not fast. It's not uncomfortable. Cause like at PGC, what I learned was the reason why most people miss shots in the game is because they train, they don't train at a uncomfortable speed, like maybe faster than game speed. I feel like you got to train like faster than game speed. That way, once you get in the game, you'll make the read super fast. And that way, it'll just feel slow. Like that's kind of one of the things, you know, one of the, the, the traps that, you know, I think that can happen with like getting on, on the gun, right? Right. I've talked to coaches, I've had coaches on here who've talked about, you know, guys will get on the gun, but they'll just be kind of lazily putting up shots and, you know, not really doing, not doing anything that's necessarily game-like and they might be making them, but they're, they're spending so much, you know, time in between shots or setting themselves that it's not game realistic and doesn't translate at all. Yep. And that's something that I really, really learned that like, this summer, just making sure guys balling the air, feet in the air. I, I would put the gun down to like one second. So they like the, the lower, the fastest the ball can come out. And like, they have to like ball in the air, feet in the air. And it's mm -hmm. just continuous. And like, some of my kids are like, dang, coach, like this thing's coming out fast. And I'm like, you got to get used to shooting at that speed. Like, and that's only going to translate to the game. And when we do movement shooting, I'll do things like it's like 
I may run, I may get a guy, like they may do two-on-two movement shooting. And it may be like a guy who runs at them. Like it'll be like two, like two guy, two kids working together. So he may pass it to him and run at them. And he has to get the shot off in that short, short period of time. That way it's like game like and he can actually work on getting the shot off faster. Mm. Yeah, and 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 I think anything that speeds seeds players up and, and makes them uncomfortable, I mean that's to me, I, I think that that's kind of the best practices, the best skill development you can get is get them in a position where they're uncomfortable and they're making mistakes and they are failing. You know, I think that if, if, if we get our guys and our girls okay with failing and understanding that that, that failure is good because that, that's how you get better, that I'd much rather have that than, you know, a, a half speed, you know, drill or skill that they might look good doing that, but probably hurts them more than anything else. Absolutely. Um, we kind of... We use something called like NATO, so not attached mm -hmm. to outcome. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have like a segment with that too. So you'll get shots up that are, because most of the time kids just want to shoot and make the shot. And they don't, they don't really, I've, I've seen it with training. Like I train girls sometimes and they're like, well, I'm making it. And I'm like, but you're not making it the correct way. And I'm like, you're not going to be able to get that shot off in the game shooting it that slow even though you're making it that's fine but you you have to be able to make it at an uncomfortable speed now and i have a segment where i may just do just all sliding and getting your footwork set and making sure your footwork is set, make, making sure your feet are good i said i'm not even worried about you making the shot right now i said all i'm worried about is if you're getting your feet set quick and then, mm -hmm. then we can translate up into getting the reps in. Because if you get your feet set quick, you can get on the gun and just get the reps of just getting your hand placement and your lifts and and those things quicker. I said, but we we just focus on like one certain thing and like don't have an outcome attached to it. Yeah, and that kind of helps them out a lot because they're like they're not focused on on makes. They're more focused on doing the proper footwork. Mm, yeah, no, no, I think that, I think, I think that's that's a good a good point too. Is you know focus on on the form and the technique, right, and focus on that and 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 make sure that that gets down. And then it, they do that, right? The results eventually they're just going to speak for themselves. The more they get those habits down. Yeah, absolutely. So as as we kind of wrap up here, with one of my last questions, I want to ask about. You know, one of the things a lot of coaches, you know, they're always working on and always trying to figure out is how to have the most efficient and, and make the most out of their out of their practices. And I know we touched on this a, a little bit earlier, but I, I wanted to ask you about what what would you say is the key to having, you know, an efficient maximum effort practice that 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 you that your guys get the absolute most out of? Um, I would say making sure you plan it like very it has to be planned out like planning is. Is a big deal. Um, planning, also, I would say, energy, like the energy that you bring to your practices. Like, if if you come in as a coach and you're not high energy, the kids are, aren't going to be high energy. Like, you have to kind of come in and and help them be high energy. Like, um, another thing I would say, so planning, high energy, and just having the ability to like adjust quick so being able to say if you have a, um like today we we struggled um we struggled with playing against flex two mm -hmm. games ago so today we really worked on a lot of a lot of playing against flex well it it took a long time today like today was a day that I was frustrated as a coach because I'm like, dang, man, I had this planned out to go this amount of time, but it didn't go as, as planned. And we kind of just spent a lot of time on just working on them getting it with flicks. Um, I think like just making sure stuff is planned out and then being able to adapt. So we, we were able to adapt with that, we spent a long time on it, but after we spent that time, I felt like we really got something accomplished by just focusing on that one one technique or one way that we making sure everybody's in the gap, making sure everybody's jumping to the ball.
in those particular things, I think that's what kind of we once we were able to get those concepts down, mm -hmm. then we were able to like progress into some other things. But like just being able to adapt because like you may have a set, a set schedule and you may have to just spend a lot of time on one thing. If a kid, if like the whole team isn't getting it good or you don't like how they're doing it or something, you may have to just spend extra time on it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like that. I can completely agree with what you said, right? Like you have to have a plan. Like you have to know exactly what you're trying to get out of your practice and what the outcome it is that you, that you're looking at. But like you said, if there's some things, right, that, that are that are a higher priority or things that you absolutely have to get down, I think you also have to be, you know, flexible as a, as a coach. And it sounds like that's what's important to, you know, you and your guys is that flexibility to understand like, oh, if we really got to get this concept down, we really got to get this concept down because, you know, that's the most important, even if it takes away a little bit of time elsewhere, you know, our time is better spent making sure that we redirect it on, on this one aspect, because, you know, if we don't get this down, then that's going to hurt us like in the long run. And that kind of sounds like that's kind of the thought process you guys got. Yeah, absolutely. So do you, with your, with your practices, I'm, I'm just kind of thinking about the way that you and your staff kind of, kind of do, do your practice plans. Is it based off of things that you you've seen previously is it things that you see like what we're coming up with you know games based on like scout film is it just stuff that, that you feel your guys need work on like I guess how do you and your staff kind of identify like what what needs to get done in those practices as you're kind of making that practice plan okay so um for varsity it's mostly like we prepare for every game so it's kind of mm -hmm. a lot of scout team stuff um and then we we kind of do like we may have like one day where we do scout team stuff and like that whole practice is like geared towards okay we're about to play this team they do this we need to be be prepared for that and then we'll have days where we're just only focusing on our stuff and what we do for the JV and the ninth grade programs we focus we do it in like the way that the the game flows so. The first thing we would start with, we have two days. We split it into offense and defense. Um, so, like, on an offensive day, we start off with rebounding because in order to get on offense, you have to rebound. Yep. And then we transition from rebounding to our secondary break. Fast break first. So, we'll go fast break. Fast break into secondary break. And then secondary break into offense and we focus on those things in that day so it'll be we'll start practice with rebounding then it'll flow into fast breaks then it'll flow into secondary breaks then we'll work on our our offense and then we may flow into it may be man-to-man -man offense or it may be zone offense and we kind of focus on those things for that particular day and then we'll go into maybe a press break to end practice. Mm. So then on a defensive day, we'll work on, we'll start off with transition defense because I feel like that's the first thing to focus on is being able to get back in transition. It, it'll either be transition defense or our press defense, like either one of the two. It mm -hmm. just depends on the day. Yeah. And then we'll flow into transition defense, flows into half-court defense, and then that flows into rebounding, which flows into our next offensive day, if that makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's how we kind of build – that's how we kind of plan out our practices. Um, so we, we may start – like today, we started off with transition – rebounding, transition defense – half-court defense, and then we did half-court defense versus, like, set plays. And then we didn't we didn't get to go into our press on defense today, but because we took so much time working on flex, but I felt like that was more of a, more of a priority because we kind of already have our press down, yeah. but it's kind of more so of, you know, like, that was something that we could neglect and we could focus on something that we really needed for that day. So that's kind of, that's kind of how we plan our practices. 
Oh, and I mean, it sounds like it's very like segmented, right? It sounds like it's got like a very like it's all it's all purposeful, and I think that that's kind of like been the key that I've I've kind of noticed uh, throughout this whole conversation is that it seems like the key if you want to really get the most out of each day is every single every single drill, every single skill, every single thing that you're working on in practice. There, it has to be purposeful with 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 some intent behind it in order to make it worthwhile. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's no, that's that's great. I, I like that a lot. I think that if you kind of plan with a purpose, then then you're gonna you're gonna see the results that you want. So no, that that, that makes a lot of sense. Coach, as we wrap up, um there's a couple questions that I ask every guest. So I'm gonna go ahead and get started here with this first one. As you think back to your your coaching career, what is a coaching moment from your career that you think others listening would be able to learn from? Um, so I had a kid that I had in ninth grade, um, I, I was a young coach, um, wasn't really a disciplinarian and I kind of let the kid get away with a lot of stuff. Like, um, he was in ninth grade. I kind of let him shoot any shot he wanted to shoot. Uh, I kind of wasn't on him as much. And like, I was young. I didn't know any better. I was just like, this kid's going to be like really good. I don't want to hold him in a box. And what happened was as he progressed, like he never developed the good habits. I would I I would say just hold the kids accountable. Like I didn't really hold that kid accountable. And his 10th grade year, he kind of stopped working, working on his game like he should have. And he made varsity, coach moved him up to varsity. Um, but he his whole 10th grade year, he kind of told us he didn't want to play JV. Um and then he didn't progress like he I think he was kind of the same player more so his ninth grade year that he was his, his 11th grade year and I think just I would just suggest like hold kids accountable like no matter what hold them accountable um make them make them understand like that you have to work for everything Another thing I would say um, with like the JV thing, it never taught him leadership because he wasn't able to, he wasn't able to have his own team and lead his own team. Mm -hmm. um, by him just being on varsity, he kind of developed into just a role player. And I think if he would have played JV, I think he would have kind of developed more as a leader. He would have developed more as a player because he would have been put in different situations than he would have on varsity because they only used him as like a, like he only was a shooter. Yeah. So I think like JV would have gave him a time to explore. So I would say just hold kids accountable and kind of teach them leadership. It's it's a good point though that you mentioned. I think I think that we it it, it is easy to to kind of fall into a trap where you think that a guy's gonna you know go up there in varsity and and you know he's maybe he's got the the skill level to maybe contribute a little bit, but if he's missing out on that valuable playing experience or like you mentioned, like getting that time to leadership, it's, it's kind of like that balance of like, is it worth him, you know, maybe coming off the bench or whatever the case may be, you know, getting, getting some minutes and getting some shots up, but where he could be, you know, getting a lot more minutes and, and, and really working on his game, even if it is at the JV level, like you, you really have to think as a coach, like what's going to be best for that kid going forward. Because if, if, he is just going to be a um, a player who's who's going to be like a rotation guy, maybe on on varsity. That he might never really get that chance to kind of break out the way that maybe maybe he would in a in a JV type situation. Absolutely. Alrighty, coach. To wrap up, I give every guest what I call kind of a sixty second soapbox, but you can go longer if you want. I ain't timing you. Uh, your platform to get out kind of a final thought, a closing message, just kind of a final idea that you want to leave the listeners with. You can go any direction you want with it. So I'm just gonna go ahead and give you the floor, and I'm, I'm just gonna let you take it from here, coach. So go at it. Um. Yes, I would just like say out to the listeners. Um. Always like kind of be a good be a good person like that's one thing that I value myself on is always being a good person always trying to do things that help others um and be a giving person it, it doesn't have to be monetarily it can be your time um you'll be surprised at how many lives you can change just by just by giving your time to um kids um I teach high school um and I encounter 
tons and tons of different kids. Um, and I just kind of like give them a lot of my time and I'm real patient with them and just understanding kids, being able to be an understanding person that's patient. I think that's something that I would say, I would suggest to everyone. Um, other than that, I think I'm fine, Coach. No, that's awesome, Coach. Sounds like you got a great thing going on there, and 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 think things are rolling just just fine, especially when you got all your guys coming in at six a.m. doing post workouts or guard workouts. That's awesome, Coach. Appreciate you coming on, talking about getting the most out of each day, the stuff that you did on your journey, the stuff that your guys are doing right now. It sounds like they're getting a lot of good work in, and I'm I'm pretty sure the results are going to be speaking for themselves. So so keep up the great job that you're doing, Coach Brooks. Really appreciate you coming on, spending some time talking to us. Thank you. No problem. Thank you all for listening. Appreciate it very much. This was another edition of the Basketball Teacher Podcast, and we will see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Basketball Teacher Podcast. Make sure to connect with us on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, or reach us directly through email at basketballteacherpodcast at gmail.com. Take care, be safe, and we'll see you next time.